you know, it's not Karachi, it is not East Pakistan, this is not India, this is not Ireland, this is never records, this is never records, this is never records. And certainly me. In the crash, in the booth with never records. With 13 minutes. Across the ocean, from New York to Liverpool to Derry, we are the ones who believe that through joy we can forever live. Thank you, Never Records. I'm sorry I touched your microphone. <laughs> You are not listening to Never Records on Converge Radio 99.9 FM. Welcome to episode 97 of Never Records Radio. And I'm an artist and musician who lives and works in New York City. Mississippi to the River Jordan and back to the Missouri. I've recorded musicians, poets, historians, time travelers. Anyone who wants to cut a vinyl record for free in my conceptual art project, Never Records. The Never Records archive continues to grow. To this date, there are over 500 recordings from more than nine cities around the world. Let me describe this next recording to you. Two weeks ago, I sent a message 150 years into the future. I made a vinyl record time capsule, comprised of 17 hand-cut records containing tone pictures of our time from 2017 to 2019, encased in a wooden box made by my cousin Michael from a slab of silver maple. I placed the box between aluminum studs in the yet-to-be-built walls of the Brooklyn Academy of Music's new Rudin Family Gallery, an exhibition space attached to the Harvey Theater in downtown Brooklyn. Upon completion, the gallery will bear a plaque that reads, This Final Record Time Capsule titled Persistent Echoes, uses tone pictures to capture and frame a moment in our lives that we all share, whether knowingly or unknowingly. Through conscientiously selected and recorded sounds, with selected sounds from the artist's life and the Bam Ham archives, Readerer telegraphs a crystallization of this moment for future generations. Placed in the Rudin Family Gallery's wall, Persistent Echoes becomes a time capsule for a century and beyond. The plaque lists all of the recordings entombed in the wall. Divided into two chapters, the first chapter is a series of seven recordings called Our Year of Descent. These titles include The Sound of Trains at Midnight, My Father with Dementia Trying to Remember, The Heartbeats of My Lover on the Eve of Our Wedding, my friend, an undocumented immigrant, speaks a dead language. A chord made from the tears of the artist. The tax march, April 15, 2017. And the evening call to prayer heard from the Citadel at the center of Amman, Jordan. 
I played excerpts of these recordings back on episode 21, which is archived on the Never Records podcast SoundCloud page. I'm going to play fragments of chapter 2 for you now. It's called Our Year of Accord, and it begins at the beginning of my son's life. A few hours before his birth, on June 29, 2018, I recorded the fetal heartbeats of my son, Theodore William Devitt Riederer. He was six weeks premature, and Rose and I were fighting to keep him in the womb as long as we could. We were in a state of shock. He wasn't supposed to arrive for a month and a half. There was so much we wanted to do to welcome him into our lives. But we were also so excited to meet the little guy, who has become so central to our family. So we're recording now. You are listening to the labored breaths of an artist who is dying. I recorded the Kansas City-based artist Dylan Mortimer in his New York studio in December of 2018. An evangelical pastor, Dylan gives a sermon based on biblical scripture. So my name is Dylan Mortimer. I'm a 39-year-old artist currently in Brooklyn, New York. It's 2018 in November. I was born with cystic fibrosis, a degenerative At the time of this recording, Dylan, who has cystic fibrosis, was experiencing organ rejection from his first double lung transplant. And uh, I'm currently being evaluated for a second double lung transplant. In the spring of 2019, Dylan successfully Um, underwent a second double lung transplant. So I want to talk a little bit about that journey, and I want to read actually some scripture in in relation to that journey and my navigation of it. Um, Cystic fibrosis is a genetic disease that um, affects several systems of the body, but primarily respiratory. And so, um, you know, from earliest memories, you're, you're kind of struggling with uh, breathing. And uh, it, it didn't affect me too dramatically as a child, but as I, as I grew, it became more and more of a struggle just to breathe. And so a lot of how I view life, how I view myself, other people, the world, uh, spirituality, everything, for me, kind of comes in this framework of this struggle and overcoming it, um, enduring hardships from it, uh, learning to rise above it and and have hope in situations that would seem to be hopeless. Uh, So what I'm going to read is um, from the book of Psalms, uh, Psalm 22, written by David. This is uh, familiar and, and famous to many because it's quoted by Jesus on the cross um, as he's dying. So it begins, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? 
Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. So as uh, David does often in the Psalms, as many writers of the Psalms often do, there's this initial charge of honesty. This is how I feel. This is what I think. God, I'm enduring this. I need saving. I need uh, help. And you are not giving it to me. Where are you? Who are you? Are you even there? Have you ever been there? Are among the questions this writer is asking. Real, honest, raw, kind of fish-shaking questions that every human being, if they're honest, has asked at some point, you know? Why is this happening to me? What is going on? Who's responsible for it? Who can help me? Is there a God? Is there anyone that sees this? And uh, if there is a God, where is this God? Uh, so I certainly relate, as, as I would hope just about everybody does, to this writing because, again, yeah, we've, we've been in similar spaces, and I certainly in my life have, have had to ask those kind of questions. Why was I born with this disease? Uh, it's not because of something I did. It's not because of something... This is the sound of a snare drum in the rain. I placed a microphone underneath a snare drum during a rainstorm. This recording reflects my quasi-Shinto belief that artists and musicians can be conduits of the divine. That if musicians and artists are steadfast and true, something greater than themselves is channeled through them. This recording is also a poetic trope to conjure a literary metaphor, such as the rain drummed on the roof of the shed. Out of the blue, you, out of the blue, and into the blues, you, out of the blue, you, out of the blue, vanish into the blue, you. David Henderson is one of my favorite poets. Franchise. I asked him to write something for the Persistent Echoes that would address the idea of time, Up on the and he composed this original piece called Out of the Blue. Fifty feet wide, thirty feet tall, of a black femme-like face framed by her fingers tapered upward in the V of her palms. Looking off, her eyes below her painted-on eyebrows and caucasoid wig in solid black, touching off a violet plunging deeper into the decorated pigment, a frame furrows hints of blue and a spectral geometry framing tightly the face reposed, a white strap over one deep brown ochre shoulder as background. Could be Tranchim, a delightful Caledonia, a red skein of a lipstick kiss imprinted invisibly in nano dimension. 
replications across the marquees of thousands of subway cars, her face on the mini billboard above the seat next to the moving doors, always looking somewhere else as the masses travel to all destinations. Blue smoke surrounding whatever stage is formed for the franchise forever after for as far as the past goes. Pay what you can. No one will be turned away. Entering the negative space of a corporate behemoth, a lobby of the skyscraper or off-like enclosures for the interlocking directorates of high art. Consumer, beware of what you purchase with your eyes, the presence of your body. A massive catalog carries the blues franchise forward in history. The show becomes a book, becomes knowledge, visuals, and text. The show, a forerunner of the ultimate purpose. The beat show had jazz as piped in Muzak and the master of the interracial hipsters who discovered beatitude within an extension of the blues, stayed with the music while the political moved on. The blues as a franchise, Mocha Whitney, you named the corporatocracy, postmodern oppression from the kidnapping of certain bodies to the occupation of the artistic culture. The blues franchise as show and catalog dated in contemporary history as precedent. Not necessarily a date etched in the side of an edifice, but treasure assembled and meticulously photographed and stashed, curated with the essays and poetry and artworks on display, and this time a splattering of books organized on elevated grids to capture a particular time in this historical occupation. The blues as franchise for rent on display in perpetuities catalog. Postmodern slavery, kidnapping hip-hop jive conceptions for the advertising and sale of cotton-made items, rubber and latex running gear to keep them niggas running, sugar-laden products ostensibly to relieve thirst, but nonetheless creators of sugar diseases more deadly than malaria. Upping the ante of the original deal, captive now consumer, his spoken nuances and intimacies marketed back to him along with visual sequences of persuasion, friendly persuasion, nice guys and pretty gals for hire, those who will do and say anything to parlay all they have for nothing, as it turns out. Blues, half off, 50% off, Offer expires at midnight, no money down, void where prohibited, all sales final. Refunds, store credit only for a small percentage of perpetuity. Blues for sale, blues sale, blowing blues smoke as museum commodity, selling blues franchise and prompto introductory offers, no money down, no interest for 99 years, money-back guarantee, void where prohibited, deal good throughout the galaxy, perpetuity in whatever time system exists, wherever and however, nonetheless, forever. All right, check, 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 one, two, uh-huh. This track consists of two recordings made by Walt Novak. This is amazing, whoever it is, it's in 100 years. Uh, in the time capsule. 
the singer of the band Sickwell. The song you're hearing now is a freestyle rap by former Rikers inmate, Jaden Woodard, a.k.a. Jadon. He was arrested for performing on the New York City subway system without a permit. The second track is an interview with a former inmate from Rikers named Jake. Walt is a volunteer for a project called Jail Guitar Doors, founded by Wayne Kramer and Billy Bragg, that brings music classes to prison to help rehabilitate and uplift prisoners. All the stopping for a stint, look, fuck you mean, man, I'm trying to tell you real, and this is how it goes another day as a male, black or Hispanic, I rap and react, and I'm only living my life, hoping they don't lock me down like the Titanic shit, riding a wave, it's insane, was with Walt on Rikers Island trying to figure out the pain, that the homies locked down, some I got from on the way, Nick and Barker, the sick and talker, but he got caught with can damn, he's gone for a minute, that's just how it goes, right, hope you can get out and maybe live a good life, if not, it's alright. I'm only trying to keep it here. Hope you can see what I'm speaking as I try to paint it clear. Perfect timing for my niggas like down from bookings back to Rikers Island, back to Horizons. Uh. Around the way, I'm trying to get paid. I'd probably be locked down if I was still selling yay. I'm a wild young nigga, been locked up since 13. My record ain't perfect, but I'm trying to get clean. They say, my boy, you doing good on TV. I think I'm doing good, but my niggas can't live easy, man. What can I say? They got me feeling like I am trying to make a million. Get a castle and just build it from sticks and stones. It's sick, I flow. And this is for my bros like down that will never come home. For the women as well, shit is real. But the male or female, locked down as a statistic, treated like retail. They sold on auction blocks. I watch the shady cops, uh, treating niggas bad, uh, making them drop uh, to the ground. You see what I'm saying? Oh, you feeling the power? I'm rapping for hours. Shout out to Kelly Bowers. Look, another name I could say. You you know how it goes, brothers getting locked down every day. Look, this is off my mind, and this is called rap. Look, this should save my life, cause I still be in the trap. Look, my brother's locked down, I don't know where he's at. Last I heard it was St. Quentin. If you see him, give him that. Some of his brothers doing good, and I'm trying to stay out the cell. Now, our pops wasn't shit, but he's a gangster for real. That's just how the game goes, and this is me freestyling for y'all. Enjoy it in a hundred years. Peace. stories from different worlds, different dimensions, and different times. How can we make a better world after hearing the strange tales of fantastic imagination? The answer is up to you. Broadcasting from space at Sarah E. Good STEM Academy and the Museum of Contemporary Art Chicago. Now sit back and see what the future has in store. This series of radio plays depicts how inner-city kids from Chicago see the future. It was written and performed by students from the Sarah E. Good STEM Academy in Chicago under the direction of Damon Locks as part of the residency program developed by the Museum of Contemporary Art Chicago. This project was made possible thanks to the tutelage of civics teacher Maria Scandariato and art teacher Andrew Breen. That's what the newbies are for. Well, last time I checked, you are a newbie. I guess you're right. I'm always right. Come on. 
Stop walking so close. Sorry. Is the camera on? Yes. This is Julia reporting live at the biggest party of junior year. Well, look. If it isn't the Ghostbusters. Haha, ha, very funny. Not cool, Sam. Well, sorry, did you catch any monsters? As a matter of fact, I see one. Oh, wait, it's just you. Look, there's Crazy Joe. Well, if it isn't Matt Will's finest, Prudence and Jaleel, or as I like to say, P&J, what can I help you with? We need something to make this day easier to tolerate. Well, I have this new drink. It's called a drink of drool. Well, anything is better than Sam's protein shake. Well, here you go. Two drinks of drool. Enjoy. Do you feel weird? Yeah, let's uh, go to the lake. Jim, my triple is the water orange. Nah, Holmes, it's orange. Sick. Now back home. It's the next morning. Hey, do you remember what color the water was? Yeah, orange. We should check it out. Do you know what time it is? Come on, this would make for a great story and bring the camera. So where do we start? Ah! What? The water, it's, it's orange. What do we do? Look, let's ask this runner. Excuse me, ma'am, do you know what color is the water? <laughs> Say it again. Say it again. Excuse me, ma'am, do you know what color is the water? What color is the water? I'm sorry, what did you say? What color is the water? Clear, we have the best water in New Mexico. What, can't you see this? No, she clearly don't. Is there something wrong? No, have a nice day. Crazy Joe would know what to do. Look at the birds. Yeah, I've never seen so many, and they're all just staring at us. It's locked, how are we gonna get in? Oops, well now that's broke, come on in. We can't just walk in. Wait, come back. Shh, come on, look at all this stuff. Who sent you? Put the gun down, it's us, P and J. Not you too. You work for the mayor? They sent you to come kill me, didn't he? No, fool, we're here. What are you talking about? Put the gun down. Okay, okay. Is that the water gun you bought for me in sixth grade? Yeah, so? Anyway, the drink of jewel. We drank it. And the water was orange. What? Oh, now you see. Yes, but how is that possible? The mayor has been trying to cover up, cover it up for years because of the budget cuts. We have been drinking polluted water for 73 years. I've been keeping track of my grandfather before me. We need to tell our parents. No, don't you think they know by now? The government controls everyone. I dreamed that I could play the Brooklyn Bridge like a piano. A 14,680-ton musical instrument. Early one morning, I whacked the tension cables of the bridge with a plastic mallet and recorded the strikes with these custom-clamped piezoelectric microphones made by this guy named Crank Sturgeon. Initially, I was disappointed that I could hear no discernible tone. But when I watched the cables vibrate, I marveled that they looked like vibrating guitar strings. That night, I pitch shifted the cable strikes. Just a simple pitch shifter, no bell filter. And voila, 
I was able to compose a simple piece that sounds like an undersea xylophone played by whales. You can hear the vibrations of the wind and the cars in the roadway. It's noisy and sounds like sonar, yet miraculous nonetheless. I'm in awe of all the possibilities for discovery that surround us. You are not listening to Never Records Radio. I cut all these tracks onto individual vinyl records and stacked them together with photographs corresponding to each sound. Two weeks ago, wearing a hard hat and surrounded by contractors and BAM staff, I placed the box into the walls of BAM for a century or more. There's more to hear. I haven't played any of the selections from the BAM archive. But it's not really important to me that you hear the sounds of these records. Because the titles themselves are a piece, a poem, a psychoacoustic evocation. 
For me, it's a giant love letter to New York and an even bigger love letter to my family, whose heartbeats will haunt the walls of BAM's new gallery, Telltale Hearts. Thank you for listening to Never Records. Special thanks goes out to Holly, Morgan, and Sharon, and all the other people at BAM. A heartfelt thanks and a big hug to all the musicians and artists that make Never Records possible. For more information, pictures, and video from today's session, please visit neverrecords.net. This show would not be heard if it weren't for Scott Morfitt and Patrick Tillery at Converge Radio, who put Never Records on the airwaves with support from the UW-Eau Claire Foundation. listening to Never Records.